0: Welcome to the Make Disciples podcast, a short weekly podcast where we will share topics, ideas, and resources useful to you in your effort to follow Jesus as a disciple.
1: This is David McNeely, and the tables are still turned as we have Dan Rober, who is going to be uh, addressing things here today. Glad you're here. Uh, We're discussing Church History to Help, uh, which is an overview of the history of Christianity. It's designed to help you in your walk with Jesus. And today, uh, we're going to be looking at the creeds of the Christian church. If you're a participant here at Wildwood, you know uh, that we're currently studying through one of those creeds, the Apostles' Creed. Uh, we find it important enough to spend uh, some time, at least, considering uh, a creed and a sermon series. And uh, the Apostles' Creed isn't the only creed out there. Now, Dan, in the past, we've talked uh, about councils. We've talked about scripture. Um, but tell me this, what are the creeds?
0: Yeah, so there's two Latin terms that could be helpful here. got to just dive into the Latin right off the bat here, apparently. (laughs) The reason we use the term creed is because the Latin term credo, which can be translated, I believe, and that's how a lot of the creeds begin. And so it makes sense to call them creed. But the term that's actually used for creeds in Latin is symbolum, the word symbol in English. And I find this to be a very helpful way to understand creeds. They are symbols or distinctive marks of faith. So if someone asked what Christianity is all about, showing this symbol is a good entry point into understanding the faith. So they're simply summary statements of major beliefs of the Christian church.
1: So did not know. I'm learning this right now. Did not know the Latin referring symbols. Yeah. Symbolum. And that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. I said, sorry. Sorry. For those of you who are listening, I'm just having this great moment right now and uh, loving it. All right. So, where did the creeds come from, though?
0: Yeah. So, that ultimately depends on the creed that we're talking about. Uh, What we know for sure, and the reason why I think creeds are so useful, is because they've been used early and often throughout the history of Christianity. Even before Christianity, we can point to uh, ways that certain belief statements were used. I mean, in pre Christian Judaism, we can go all the way back to what's known as the Great Shema, and I think it can be considered a creed. It's found in Deuteronomy 6, starting in verse 4. It says, Shema, or hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Now, Jesus later declares this the greatest commandment, to love God and to love others. And so, this is a creedal formulation it's a creedal statement for pre-christian judaism and i would argue for us as well and then as christianity develops we see other examples of creeds in scripture you can go to people can look this up 1 timothy 3:16 for example or probably the most familiar one is 1 corinthians 15 verses 3 and 4 and it says i deliver to you that which is of first importance that christ died for our sins according to the scriptures that he was buried and then he rose again on the third day. Just that early creedal statement of saying this is what Christians believe. Now, the one we're talking about in uh, our sermon series, the Apostles' Creed, is actually unclear. Uh, One tradition argued that it can go all the way back to the apostles, but we're pretty sure that didn't actually happen that way. It's nice to say that there's 12 articles and each apostle contributed one, but in truth, we only know that it goes back as far as 390. That's when we have our first statement about it. But probably the main thing we should know is that creeds are the outgrowth of councils. The most famous one that we have within Christianity is the Nicene Creed. And it's called that because it was originally written as this declaration of the decisions of the council at Nicaea. In fact, there is a further development of it that's called the Nicene Constantinopolitan. I think I said that correctly, and that's because it included insights from the Council of Constantinople. And so each one of these creeds points to an easily memorized statement of belief. As the councils figured things out and determined what was orthodox official church teaching, they would have some sort of creed that could be used so that people can put it to memory.
1: So since a creed is a symbol, and since it is to be a brief summary um, or a statement, of there, They can be really, really short, or they can be a little bit more lengthy. So the Apostles' Creed is shorter than the Nicene Creed. But would you say even something as simple as what we've heard for years and years? Christ died. Uh, he rose again, and he will come again. Oh, absolutely. That's a very straightforward creed, and I would argue that's a great creed. Yeah, it's great. Uh, last thing, man, is this. I've got
0: two questions, if you're okay with that. Sure. Um, actually. Uh, why are creeds important? Um, so this is an important discussion for us as Protestants because we fundamentally believe that none of the creeds replace the status of Scripture. The Bible is a foundational, inerrant, reliant revelation of God to us. That said, when they are correct, we believe that creeds can be so biblically rich and carefully crafted that they can be very helpful. They should be memorized, used for Christian, growth, and training. So two thoughts here. They can be meant to be constant reminders of truth. I mean, go back to the great Shema in pre-Christian Judaism. It gives this idea to love God completely, but then it says, these words I command you today shall be on your heart. Teach them diligently to th- your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise, bind them as a sign on your hand, shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house. The whole idea here is that you are supposed to be thinking about them and thinking about them and thinking about them over and over and over. And so you want to memorize them. But creeds are also meant to be anchors of faith in the storm of life. There's a great example of this. I saw this video and it moves me whenever I see it. It's of a gathering of Christians in uh, Cairo, Egypt. And this was in December of 2016. Now, in December 2016 in Cairo, there was a bombing of a Christian church. And in the day following it, we saw where all of the people who attended that church uh, gathered outside of it. Some 50 of their compatriots were killed in this bombing. And they're all gathered together. And what are they doing in this video? They're reciting the Nicene Creed. They're saying, You may kill me but you aren't going to take away my faith. It was so important to them to elevate that uh, in their lives, to say, this is foundational to who we are, that they want to hold on to it, even when there's problems in their life. And so creeds are a great way to say, this is what I believe. I mean, it's a formulation that we've talked about uh, with regards to the Apostles' Creed, and you had this growing up where the church says, church, what do you believe? It's that clear proclamation in a world that can otherwise be uh, very difficult uh, to navigate. Mm.
1: I remember reading a few years ago where the estimates were that on average, a thousand people a day are coming to faith in Egypt. Hmm. And one of the reasons this article went on to say is, is simply because they are so grounded in the essentials of their faith. This is what they're trying to get across. And that's what that Nicene Creed does. That's great. Hey, one more question, if you got time. Um, sure. And it's this. In today's day and age. I made this statement at the beginning of the sermon series. The Apostles' Creed is from the past. It is not for the past only. Are there modern equivalents uh, for creeds today?
0: Yeah. So, in one sense, there doesn't need to be, right? I mean, as you noted, the creeds that existed uh, exist still today for a reason. Churches all over the world are going to recite the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed and other creeds because they're just as true today as they were 1700 years ago. So I would encourage anyone who wanted to dive deeply into the creeds to start with those two because they are uh, foundational. But on the other hand, it was once seen as normal and important and even necessary for churches to continually produce new catechisms for their own use, new statements of faith. If you go to certain church websites, you can find that What do we believe? And they have this statement of faith. And that used to be so important that the church members would actually memorize that. And so it was really important. So, yeah, we do have new statements that have been developed that can be useful. At times they're longer and they may serve different purposes. Like if you're trying to memorize a confession of faith, let's go for example, our own confession of faith, the Westminster Confession of Faith, you're going to get overwhelmed very quickly. Uh, Yeah. But we also have catechisms, ways to instruct people in the faith. And these are usually question and answer ideas. And uh, my kids uh, in the kids ministry here have uh, memorized some 50 questions and answers related to the Christian faith. Um, So those are great things to do. One of the catechisms that was recently developed is known as a New City Catechism developed by Redeemer Church, another church in our denomination here in New York City as a useful statement for developing our understanding of Christianity. So don't uh, jettison the old ones because they're just as good, but see how people are using new ones as a fresh way, as a more modern way to describe the truth that we've always held to.
1: Catechisms were questions that my mother would ask us on trips that we would take when we would go visit our grandparents or whatever it may be. I can still remember (laughs) those questions from my childhood. What a smart thing to do. Yeah, yeah she was good. She yeah, good like that. That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks uh, for uh, taking part of your day to be with us uh, here. Dan, thanks for you coming in and answering some questions. And we'll keep you around so we can ask some more Sounds uh, fun for another podcast. But, uh, but thanks for the time, and we look forward to seeing you again.
0: Thanks for joining us for the Make Disciples podcast. We would love it if you would subscribe, leave a review, and spread the word. This podcast can be found in Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This podcast is a ministry of Wildwood Church in Tallahassee, Florida. Please join us again for our next episode of Make Disciples.